have uh, uh, an opportunity that we've had uh, to serve the Lord in 2023 and um, talked about this morning uh, a vision for 2024. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a little bit, um, but um, I've asked uh, uh, Brother Trey and Brother Matt to um, to speak tonight and um, uh, just share something um, uh, from the Word of God and uh, ask them to take about 10 or 15 minutes and uh, uh, just uh, whatever God laid on their heart uh, to share it um, with us. So uh, pray that you have uh, uh, open ears tonight to receive what God would have for you. Uh, once uh, they speak, I'm going to kind of uh, just cap it off with um, finishing up what we talked about this morning, and then um, we're going to have um, uh, we're going to have a word of prayer, uh, and I'm going to call on uh, several of the guys uh, to pray and um, uh, to pray out loud. And then I want everybody to pray, uh, and uh, not just not just to pray for prayer requests, because obviously there are uh, many things uh, to pray for uh, with 2023. Uh, I wish. Don't you wish you could do this sometimes? Don't you wish you could just kind of like, okay, all the problems of 2023, we're just going to leave them in 2023. Uh, unfortunately, we got to take some of them with us, right? And um, and so uh, to pray for a good uh, new year this year uh, and uh, for a profitable uh, new year uh, this year. And um, listen, Jesus might come in 2024, and uh, that'd be a... That'd be a good year, wouldn't it? And uh, and uh, just uh, just be in, pray, be in prayer for uh, our homes, uh, be in prayer for our church, um, be in prayer for our community. Uh, our country certainly needs uh, prayer. And uh, so we're just going to kind of, at the end, just kind of launch into prayer. And uh, not going to take a real long time, uh, but we just need to pray and um, uh, just ask the Lord for his favor in 2024. I'm going to open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to start off with Trey. Trey's going to come, and he's going to uh, uh, give us exactly what the Lord's laid on his heart. And uh, so open up your Bibles and open up your ears uh, to receive that tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful tonight for your love for us, Lord, and you're so good to us, and we're thankful for that. And I pray that you would uh, uh, just bless all that we've got going on tonight, and bless Trey and Matt, and I pray that you would... Uh, I just give them the words to say that might be a blessing uh, and a help to each heart and each life, Lord. Give us open ears uh, this evening, uh, Lord, to receive exactly what you would have for us, Lord. Fill each of us uh, with thy Holy Spirit and lead and guide us, Lord, and give us a good night tonight. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, Trey, come on. Good. I mean, I, there's, a, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good young people. Uh, but Trey's one of the top of the line, and uh, I really appreciate him and um, appreciate his willingness to uh, want to serve the Lord. And um, he's off right now to, to college, and uh, but he hasn't stopped in his desire to serve the Lord. He wants to continue to serve the Lord wherever he is, whether it's here or in college influence football players that you know he's that he comes into contact with and uh whenever he gets the opportunity to speak he does and uh looking forward to the great things that god uh has in his life All right brother trey good evening so 
I will be reading out of Luke chapter 10. And I chose the title God's Solution because we like to come up with a New Year's resolution, but instead of focusing on what our resolution may be, we need to focus on what God's solution is for our lives. And so I came up with this title, well, my mom did. Uh, we were at Dollyville, and I was like, Pastor Joe called me this morning, and uh, I don't know what to do. He was, he was like, can you speak Sunday night? And I was like, sure. And mom, like, I was like, Mom, I want to do this on salvation. And Michaela, she told me, she was like, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone at some point. So, you, you know, do something different. And I'm like, all right. And mom was like, well, have you heard of Mary and Martha? I was like, no. So I'll read it. I read it in the line. And I read it, and I'm like, wow, this seems like something that could apply to a lot of Christians or every Christian in today's world. And... Like, I wrote down, we could look good on the outside, but what are you like on the inside? Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? In Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42, it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does not thou care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about, troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. As a church, not as Rincon Baptist Temple, I mean as a church whole throughout the world, we are very good at working. We're good at behind the scenes. Although it is, it is important, but it's not the most important thing. My mom told me to stress that it's important. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. Are we truly seeking the presence of God? Because that's what Mary did. Martha was so caught up in how to look good for the Lord. She was so caught up at what her home would look like to like look for the Lord, Mary was just caught up in God's presence. This passage has me asking three questions. What does Jesus desire is one of them. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 38 says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. There are a few things God desires, but this is what I really want to harp on for this first point. It says the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God. Mary, she was so fascinated with his divineness and his nature and how good he is. She was just caught up. She didn't care what her house looked. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I come from a home where we try to look good for our guests, Mom. Uh, so we have a guest come over, and then we just want to look good for him. We want to make our house look uh, a little bit cleaner than it already is. And um, if Jesus came over, I would be trying to fix it up. But then you look at uh, the passage, and it says that Mary, she didn't care. She knew that God loved her either way, and he came to speak to her. She was listening to his words, and she was just so caught up in what he had to say, and she wanted to take from it. And then this goes to my second question, how can we listen to him? I don't mean physically hearing God. I mean reading through the scriptures and obeying his words. 
I know God is an omniscient God, omnipotent God, omnipotent God. He could do whatever he wants. He could speak to us however way he chooses. But, I mean, I've personally never heard his words, like, physically. But I know he's spoken to my heart. And I know he speaks to us through his uh, holy word, the Bible. And I could look through that. And I know that he's speaking to me whenever I read it, his word. And it's, there's plenty of ways God could speak to you. But there's many examples of this in the Bible. But a really good one is when God asked Abraham to take his family and move to an unknown country. Abraham followed God's instructions, even though it was hard. Because Abraham obeyed God, God promised to make him into a great nation. And he held up his promise. Only good can come from obeying the Lord. Whether we obey the Lord and we die, we're going to heaven because we're already saved. But if we obey the Lord and we live, we're going to continue obeying him because it, obviously it works whenever you obey God. Number three, what does he have to say? What does Jesus have to say for us? He says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. It's simple. Just as he was saying to Martha, we got to get our priorities straight. Martha was was too worried about what she could do to impress Jesus that she couldn't focus on his divine words. We need to stop being so worried about what we look like on the outside and presenting ourselves to others so that they could see Jesus, but we could do that by showing them the presence of God. How are we going to show them the presence of God when we don't enter the presence of God? As I was on the way over here, I was listening to uh, worship music, and there was a song called The Touch of Heaven, and the opening lyrics were, How I live for these moments where I'm still in your presence. All the noise dies down. Lord, speak to me now. You have all my attention. I will linger and listen. I can't miss a thing. Lord, I know my heart wants more of you. My heart wants something new. So I surrender all. All I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper. Lord, I will open up again, throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for a touch of heaven. Doesn't that sound a lot like Mary? I, this is my prayer today, is that as we go into 2024, we need to realize what God's solution is for us. And we could follow a lot from Mary and what she has to show. Thank you for your time. Hold up. Y'all don't clap after I get done preaching. <laughs> Man, he, uh, Trey, the Lord's really using, using him as a young man, and um, I can tell his confidence is, is, getting, is getting good, and uh, he's feeling more comfortable, and um, I really appreciate his willingness uh, to want to uh, to want to use what God has, has blessed him with uh, for the Lord. And um, so um, you just need to show up at the Gordy's house to make sure it's clean. And um, I said, man, he's going to love that illustration. Oh, mercy. I love it. Thank you, Trey. Uh, really, really uh, great, um, great message about Mary and Martha and um, very, um, a very needed uh, very needed message uh, going into 2024. So uh, thankful for that. Uh, I've also asked uh, Brother Matt to speak, and um, um, you know, 
we've made uh, a lot of decisions through the years um, since you know since we've been here um, about 15 years now, and um, I, I can tell you, and I don't say this because Matt Mary Lorner are in here. I, I've I've said this, uh, I've said this at the house. I've said this to other people. Uh, uh, Matt Marilorn are one of the best decisions we made, uh, getting them on board. Um, what you don't see probably is a lot of the stuff that they do behind the scenes and, um, and not just Matt Marilorn and she just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and, uh, has uh, plenty of excuse not to do anything since she is pregnant. Uh, but uh, she still does, and uh, they've just been a, a, a tremendous asset. Uh, the kids, uh, the young people, they love them, and um, they love his Sunday school class. Uh, they love their, uh, their um, Sunday nights, and uh, they've really been used by the Lord here uh, at Ringo Baptist Temple. And so I appreciate uh, Brother Matt's kind of been I don't know. I, he's probably had more opportunities to speak than all my other um, assistants put together um, just because of uh, health reasons. And he's really stepped up and stepped in and has been a blessing. And uh, I really appreciate uh, Brother Matt. Brother Matt, you come and um, uh, speak to us tonight about what Lord's laid on your heart. All right. Hey, it's awesome to serve. I'll tell you that. Um, what's funny is, you know, you're talking about my speaking engagements. It, it, it's funny that the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, right? It's just opportunity. It's funny, like Trey said, he got that call. And I, Trey, I know, I know you feel it. You get that call, and you're not going to say no. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't tell him no. I mean, you know what I mean? Hey, how, how do you go to the pastor and say, I'm not going to speak. I'm good. No, thank you, right? Um, no, but it, it's also the opportunity. But I'll tell you this really quick before we hop into my 10 to 15. It won't be too long tonight. Just a couple of thoughts on a, on a subject that many of us know. But um, a lot of negativity a lot of times is, you know, Brother Joe alluded to talking about Trey. And you think about young people in our world today, and you hear a lot of the negative all the time. But – I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There, are, yeah, there is negative. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things happening in our world, and, and I, you know, me being in school, I see it every day. There are a lot of positive kids out there. There's a lot of really good kids out there that are seeking the Lord, right? Um, that are wanting to make a difference. So, you know, albeit that maybe they're not on the headlines all the time, um, know they're there, and they're serving and they're willing, which is a really awesome thing to see, right? Especially you know, at that young of age, because I'm going to tell you, when I was a freshman in college at Trey's age, I was in no shape and way to be in front of anybody speaking about anything. So uh, it's pretty cool to see. Now, tonight, what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes is a subject that many of you know. Probably, I'll be honest with you, when I, when I think about this subject, I'm, I'm straying away, talking about get out of your comfort zone, Trey. I'm straying away from the historical concepts, right? Um, and one, one aspect that I think is really important, uh, and we hear it all the time, is about prayer. You know, prayer is uh, one of those things that when we think about not just the new year, but obviously since it is New Year's Eve and we're thinking about 2024, we're thinking about the, the future, the vision, you know, what we want to be, you know, what we want to accomplish. Prayer should be at the top of that list, and it should be something that should be on the forefront. And what's funny is when we think about prayer, and I began to think about it as Brother Joe, you know, asked me to speak and things like that, and 
Prayer is often something that we see in our world, especially in America, and so on forth, that's used when things go bad. It's negative. You know, I, I, I think about examples like 9-11. Y'all remember 9-11? Most of us in the room, if you were alive at that point, which is kind of wild to think about that there's people, like I teach people now that, that weren't alive in 9-11. They look at me like I'm an idiot, right? But what's funny is, do you remember 9-11? And, and, and if you remember all the news posts, right, it was, you know, pray for the big, pray for America, right? It was, it was consistent, and then it kind of lingered off. And another thing I thought about was, an, and maybe a lesser known thing, was DeMar Hamlin. He was an NFL guy. He got knocked out. Very tragic accident. But, but people were tweeting constantly, you know, pray for DeMar Hamlin, right? You know, it, it was consistent. And, guys, I'm not sitting here saying those weren't genuine prayers, but oftentimes in America – and, and oftentimes, you know, we see that prayer is used as somewhat of a crutch. We use it because we, we're in a bad spot or, or man, I, I need to get out of this place. I need to, let me pray real quick to, to ask God for help. And oftentimes we use it as a crutch. We use it as something like a defense mechanism instead of an offensive weapon. And something that's consistent. And what we're going to look at tonight, we're going to be in Colossians. We're going to go very, uh, we're going to kind of bounce around the scripture a tad bit tonight. We're going to go to Colossians 4, right? We're, it's a very short passage, and it's a very simplistic passage. And, and, and tonight is nothing that I think is just, just overwhelmingly that everyone doesn't know about in here. I mean, if you've been in church, you've probably heard pastors and people and teachers speak about prayer consistently, obviously, because of its importance. But in Colossians, a lot of times we have this idea that we know about prayer, we know we, we, know we should do it, we know the importance of prayer, but are, do we actually believe in those concepts, and are we actually enacting those concepts? So we're going to be in Colossians 4, and go on down to verse 2 for me really fast. And let's just read and see what uh, the Lord has to say. It says this in Colossians 4, chapter 2, Continue in prayer, and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all, praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I make, make that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Tonight, what I want to do is just kind of break that down, and we're going to kind of scripture hop, so we kind of keep your Bibles on hand really fast. But the first point I want you to think about, and I got four kind of thought processes, and the last two I could, we could kind of combine. Um, but the first thing I want, the first point that I want you to think about is what he's saying here, right? Praying steadfastly. Praying steadfastly. So the meaning of being steadfast, right, is, of course, the almighty Google, right? We looked it up. You know, firm, unwavering, something that is, is solidified, right? And when we think about some synonyms, it's something that is committed, right? That you're devoted, you're dedicated, you're a reliable individual. So when we think of steadfast or when we think of the concept of being steadfast, it's something that you could count on day in and day out, right? That is consistent and that will not change no matter the circumstance, right? Now, what I want you to kind of go, go for and kind of go on a, a, a journey with me really quick is through the uh, Old Testament really fast. Go ahead and turn to Daniel really quick. And, and Daniel has a, a lot of things in one of my favorite books in the Bible by far. But Daniel chapter 6 is one I want to focus on. And it's a story most of you guys know in the room. But when we think about why you're turning there, Paul is right now encouraging the people to, to have that lifestyle. Right? When I think of lifestyle, I think of importance. Right? For me personally. Right? And Mary Lauren can attest to this because I'm going to be honest with you. I get kind of 
Would you say overboard? You would say right when I work. So when I, when Trey kind of knows it too. When I I, I train right, I, I work out a lot right, and sometimes I become a little overboard with that. Okay, meaning it takes a lot of my time, a lot of my things. But for the most part, Mary Lark can attest to this. Um, every day at a certain time, I'm pretty steadfast. It, it's going to happen one way or the other, right? It's not no matter the circumstances. Thanksgiving, Christmas. It don't matter, right? And so what's funny, thing when we think about being steadfast, Paul's encouraging the people of Colossae that, hey, we have to live the lifestyle of prayer. You have to be steadfast in your prayer life. And when I think about being steadfast, I think about our friend Daniel. Now, let's go to Daniel 6 and go down to verse 10. Now, while we're thinking about Daniel, I want to give you some background here. Many of you know the story, Daniel and the Lions Den, one of the most popular stories out there that you hear. But when you think about the before, right and what the the interaction was happening here he's having this interaction with Darius now Darius was of course the king of Persia now before Darius it was Babylon it was Nebuchadnezzar right and all of a sudden we see Daniel in a peculiar situation because when there was an overthrow of empire a lot of times what would happen guys is they would wipe anybody that was out right and they would start fresh Daniel survived it Right, because he was saw we saw the many things that he did beforehand, the dreams he interpreted, right? The, all the wonders and stuff that of course is in the book itself. But if you go down to the verse and we think about before the lion's den, they came up with a decree. Right? And then the decree was you could not worship anything, all right, any god, anything except the king himself for, for about a month. Right? That that was the idea and that was the concept. But I want to look at verse 10 really quick and give you an idea. Now it says this. It says, Now when Daniel knew that, that the writing was signed, the law was in play, it was in action. He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did, key word here, aforetime. Now, we know what, what the end goal of the story is, what's going to happen. They set him up because they knew he was going to pray. At that specific time, at that specific place, on those specific days. He, he, the, it, it was steadfast. And you look at that word aforetime. When we think of the Daniel, and there's a lot of avenues you could go with our, our friend Daniel here and the, the faithfulness and the things like that. But, guys, one thing that I want you to take a lesson from, and really when I take a, take a lesson from, me to take a lesson from a lot of times, is to be steadfast, to have a plan, right? A lot of times when we think about Daniel and you look at this idea of a four time, he was consistent three times per day praying, right? And if you look at chapter nine, he is a whole passage of him going into a prayer, confessional prayer, right? For Jerusalem themselves and the people. And of course, Gabriel spoke just like that to him, which is kind of crazy, right? But guys, in chapter nine, it is well attested Right, that Daniel was firm in his prayer. Prayer was a fundamental part of his life. It was his lifestyle, right? And when I, when we think about what the impact of what Daniel had and what he did for his people, in, in a by the way, in a place that was foreign to him, he wasn't at his home, right? He he was off, right, under captivity in many different places with Babylon and Persia and so forth. But yet God used him, 
right? He used him because he communicated consistently. I want to go through the second thing. Brother Joe spoke on this the other day, and I thought it was interesting, right? You know, we have the, the concept of prayer, and, and when, we, when we have our quiet time, when we sit down and we, and we really dive into it, but we also have those spontaneous prayers, right? The Lord save me, right, that we talked about with Paul. But I, I think back to Nehemiah. We don't have to turn there tonight. But in Nehemiah, he was in kind of a same situation. He was the cupbearer, right? And he had heard of the, the issues, and when the king asked him and said, hey, what, what troubles you? He, and it says in the, in the verse in chapter, uh, or, or chapter 2, verse 4 in Nehemiah, it says, and then he prayed. And then he spoke. It, it, was, it, was, it was quick, right? But what we often forget a lot of times is in chapter 1, Nehemiah was praying, right? It, it was at four time. You see what I mean? Guys, what I want you to think about here, and, and I think one of the, the biggest examples that we think about through the Scripture, is being steadfast and rooting our lives in prayer is critical. We have to train ourselves. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'll be honest. When I remember when I was in youth, and I was, was like in middle school, which is, again, a weird time. But, right, it, they, they, we were talking about prayer, and it was talking about the quiet time thing. And many of you have probably heard of that as well, right? You know, you go, go into your place, find, find your time. And he, my man was talking about 30 minutes, and I was sitting there like thinking, dude, 30 minutes, that is, that is a, a massive amount of time. There's no way I could pray for 30 minutes, right? And it, it became almost so overwhelming, right? But what, what's interesting is, and what's cool about this is, a guy that was with me, it was like a, we called it small groups or whatever. We, it, was, it, was a, it was my Sunday school teacher, what it was. He kind of, we were talking about in our small group kind of breakout after youth, and he, I was like, Dude, you don't have to pray for it. It's not a mandated thing for an hour. You have to train yourself. You have to become consistent, right? It doesn't happen overnight, right? You know, when we think about a lot of you guys in the room, and what's cool about us, and I'm going to move on here because I don't want to take up all my time with one point, but what I want you to think about is, you know, a lot of you guys in this room have been fervently praying for a very long time. And, and, you know, when we think about building up, when we think about training ourselves, we have to recognize what is in our way. What's stopping us from praying, right? What's stopping us from having a steadfast prayer life, right? Why are we not committed, right, to praying, right? Why are, what, what, is our, what is our problem? How can we remove those issues? Now, the second point I have really fast, right? Let's go to uh, the, the first Thessalonians. We're going to go there for just a second. But the second point I have in, in Colossians is he says, play with thanksgiving. Now, this is going to sound like a repeat of this morning, and I promise you I won't do that to you, but Brother Joe kind of stole my thunder this morning, right? He, he, he was kind of going in on it. But when we, when we talk about negativity consistently, right, when you hang around negative people, what happens? You become what? There you go, right? And uh, the almighty Google, right? Now, don't quote me the study. I couldn't tell you, right? You know, statistics are kind of, you can make those up. But it says on Google, the average person complains 15 to 30 times a day. Okay? Think about that. All right, let's take the top number for a second. The seven days in a week, right? Seven times 30, right? All right, we got, how many times is that? Matthew, there we go. It's, it's a lot of times, right? That's two, uh, 210, right? That's a lot of time right there that you're complaining. And you add that up after year after year, all of a sudden, right, you find yourself in a state of just depression, right? Kind of like Brother Joe said this morning, when we consistently think about negative things. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this, and he said it this morning. Are there negativity in life? Yeah. 
There's a lot of bad stuff that happens. There's a lot of obstacles that we have to overcome, right? I think, you know, disregarding it's, you know, kind of the idea. But, guys, when we have this idea, we consistently look at God and we say, look, my, my life's not there. I didn't get the raise. I didn't get the job. Not speaking engagement didn't go this way. Why am I not playing, right? We have all these things that we have, and we so much focus on the negative that we forget to see what God has given us. Right, we, we we forget to see the goodness in what he's done in First Thessalonians. Let's go there really quick. I had to turn there in, in in chapter five, verse eighteen. It says this. It says, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Giving thanks, guys. When we think about the idea of what God has given us, and oftentimes we do it in church, we become really negative. Brother Joe said this morning, you know, we, oh, well, the, the numbers aren't what we want to look at. This isn't what, well, well, we could do this way. Now, progress is a good thing, right? We want numbers, right? We, because we want, num- we want people to come in because we want to share the gospel, right? We want to grow. We want to grow the kingdom. That's the purpose. But a lot of times we, we forget to stop. And look what God has given us around, right? We forget that we we forget to look at His gifts that He's given us, right? Hey, I can't sing. I'm kind of like, hey, brother, I'm right there with you, brother, right? I I can't sing. I told Marilyn the other day it'd be awesome just to sing for a living, right? I, I thought about that. Day. I don't just randomly, right? But He didn't give me that gift. But instead of crying about it, we've given God has given us gifts that we can enact, right? And of course, we have to think about it. now. The third thing I got, and we're gonna go and wrap it up in Colossians really fast, and uh, we'll go from there. Go Going back to our original verse, chapter 4. Now, when we think about giving thanksgiving, we, we got to recognize, right, what God has given us, the gifts, the, the many blessings, right, that he's bestowed upon us, right? We're a blessed people. But obviously with prayer, we also have to think of others, right? Praying for others. I want you to look back really quick in, in verse 3 of chapter 4 of Colossians. He says this, with all praying also for us, right, for us, meaning Right, not just for myself, right, but pray for me, pray for other people. God, when, when we think about this idea, and I think about it all the time, when I've been to this church for 10 years, or, or 9, 10 years, whatever it is, right? I don't know. I lose count, right? But all throughout my life through church, we've always taken prayer requests, right? You know, if you go in Brother Dwayne's classroom right there, you got the big board, Wednesday nights, we have the prayer request list, things like that. We're praying for others, thinking of others, right? That is a critical part. Right of when we talk about our concept of prayer life, yes, we should take our issues to God. Right, we we should we should thank God for us, but we should also right look and pray for others. Right, and my question to you tonight is and again, this is something that we've heard a lot of times, but the question is, are we actually earnestly praying for others? Are we seeking an opportunity to pray for other people, or are we just using lip service? I, I'm guilty as anyone else in the room. A lot of times, your brother Joe said it this morning, you ever been in the situation, hey, I'm going to pray for your brother, and then we walk away and you forget about it, right? Or we, we, or we just kind of, eh, uh, it'll be fine, right? It'll, it'll, do, it'll be whatever. And a lot of times we forget the purpose of why we're praying for one another. And, and this leads us kind of to our, our latter point, which is a pretty cool point to me, right? We should be praying for opportunity to advance the gospel. A lot of times... And when we think about opportunity in, in, in chapter 3, let's, let's look back at the last part. You know, praying for us in verse 3, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Think about that. That we would pray a door of utterance. J- just to speak the word, right? Praying for opportunity. 
a, a, a lot of times, a prayer can be concept of focused on ourselves. We're, we're selfish people, right? I, I, I am as well. That, that's our inner nature, right? Hey, we, we think about our problems, right? Man, right? Man, well, I can't believe this is happening to me. And, or we think about our, our blessings, right? But oftentimes, we neglect the idea of praying for an opportunity, right? Are, are we earnestly seeking an opportunity to be a blessing for other people? Right? Are, we, are, we, are we asking God, God, open up this door so that way I may, I may serve this person, that I, may, that I may witness to this person, right? And some questions that I think about, and again, it's, it's again something we hear consistently, but when we think about this, are we praying for our missionaries? Are we praying for those people, right, that are overseas that are on foreign land, right? You know, we, we, we think about the missionaries that we sponsor right now. When's the last time, right, we went out there and we prayed for each of them individually, you know? Right? Are, are we praying for our church, right? Are, are we praying for opportunities for, to invite people to church? Are we even praying for opportunities to be a, a, service in, a servant in the church, right? Are we praying for opportunity? Think about VBS. One of the beautiful things about it, and Brother Joe says it every year, if you can't help with VBS, what, what, what are you, what's the best thing you can do? You can pray. And a lot of times we, we, we say that in kind of a passing sense, right? But that could be vitally the most important part of that process because if we're not praying for an opportunity to witness to those kids or an opportunity not only to witness to those kids but to witness to those families that belong, then what are we doing here, right? And, guys, uh, the other thought, are we, are we praying for our pastor? Well, are, are we praying for him? Are, are we praying for right his, his wisdom? Are we praying for his guidance? Right? Are we praying for opportunities, guys? One thing I want you to think about it. We won't turn there tonight, but, but while we wrap up in John four thirty five, it makes a statement about the the harvest, right? And it makes a statement: they are white already with harvest, guys. A lot of times in our world, and I'm as guilty as anyone in the room, is we'll do it later. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll pray about that later. Okay, and unfortunately, I don't know about you guys, and I know a lot of you guys are more spiritual than me, right? But later usually never comes, right? Yeah, I forget about it. Or we just kind of throw it off to the side because it's not that important and whatever. It, it, my, my prayers don't matter. But, guys, a lot of times we have this idea that we could put it off for later, but the harvest is ripe. Opportunity is there, right? And a lot of times we are not only praying for opportunity because a lot of times what's cool about this is we ask God for opportunity, but more importantly, and unfortunately, are we listening to his answer? Because one of the quotes, and this is what's funny, when I, when I said that I was talking about prayer, I asked my, 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 my mom and dad. I don't know if you all know, a lot of you might not know my mom and dad, but dad, he had church a long time. He does a lot of speaking stuff too, and you know, my grandmother and things like that. She's taught Sunday school for, I don't know, 50-something years. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But you very, very, I mean, prayer warrior, whole nine yards. And I asked them, like, well, what do you think about prayer? And, of course, they brought me about a stack of things about that big that I was sifting through, right? But as I was sifting through this, I, I found a quote, and I have no idea who to credit it to, right? But the quote is this. It says, powerful prayer happens when we open our hearts to God and not only speak, but listen. Listen. The question here, and this is the challenge, and this is something I want you to think about. Again, tonight is not something that I'm speaking to you that is this theological, just, just wow, I can't believe he, he brought that part out. It's something that we hear consistently, but my challenge to you as we enter into 2024, and we think about you know the idea of prayer, my challenge is, are we being steadfast in our prayer life? A lot of you are, All right, and you may be, but you know if you are, that's awesome, right? But if you're like me, 
which is very much, I've, hey, we can improve, right? There can be improvement. There could be more engagement. Are we intentional, right, about setting aside time for God? Because, my friends, a lot of times when we think about the idea of relationship, and this is what I'm going to leave you with, when we think about the idea of concept, and this is a cliche, you know, thing that we hear about, but if we want to develop relationship, what do you have to do? You have to speak, right? Exactly. You got to foster. You got to spend time, right? You got to build that relationship. And guys, what I want you to understand is if we want to build relationship vertically, right? If we want to build that relationship between us and God, and, 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 and actually what's cool about this is when we build that, this, the horizontal, get, gets a little bit better. If we're, if we're furthering our relationship, if we're deepening our relationship with him, guys, the opportunities could be endless. The question here is, are we seeking opportunity? But more importantly, are we listening? That's all I got for tonight. Brother Joe, all you. Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Matt and uh, Brother Trey. Great messages. And uh, I did not, um, I didn't, I, I, I know Matt and I had talked about um, a little bit about what the Lord is going to lay, you know, what the Lord laid on his heart. And, uh, but I did not ask them to specifically um, to speak on anything, just, to, just the coming new year. Uh, but um, it's interesting how all the things work together. So, um, so as they were speaking, um, I, I came up with my own outline of what they were saying and, um, how it all works together. So, um, what do we need in 2024? What is, what was Trey saying? We need to be planted. We need to be planted in the right place. Right. I mean, we need to be at the feet of Jesus. We need uh, to be ready to not only serve him, but to listen to him and hear him and uh, be close to him and be in his presence. We need to be planted. Uh, and then uh, Matt spoke on prayer and we need. Uh, listen, you, you can forget being a success spiritually without prayer. I mean, you, you just give up in 2024 if you're not going to pray. I mean, prayer is a vital vital part of the Christian walk and uh, the importance of, of prayer. And then, uh, guess what I'm speaking on tonight? You guessed it. It's another P, and uh, it's uh, praise. Uh, we're talking about vision, right? We were talking about vision this morning and that we need to have the right kind of vision uh, for the Lord and a vision without without um, you know vision, people perish, the Scripture says in Proverbs. And so... Um, We've got to have a vision uh, to glorify God. We've got to have a vision to glorify God. And what we do, I mean, in what we say, we have got to, we've, we've got to make praising, honoring, and glorifying God a priority in our lives. If it's not a priority in our lives, we're, we're, we're just gonna, it's just going to be the same old, same old. You, you, know, you know the definition of crazy, right? The definition of crazy is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I mean, that's just crazy. It's, it's insane. To, 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 to do the same thing over and over and over again, but you expect something different. If you do the same thing you did in 2023, why are you going to expect a different outcome in 2024? I mean, we've, there's some things that got to be changed. There's some things that have got to be different. One of those things is 
you better get planted in the right place. Great job, Trey. I mean, you really need to get planted in the, in the right place. Martha had, Martha had her positives as well. I mean, yes, she was cumbered about. Yes, she was, she was, she was going. But her desire was to serve the Lord. Serve, you know, she wanted to serve, serve, serve. She got so caught up in serving the Lord that she forgot why Jesus was there. Jesus was there so that, they, they, that he could invest his life in them. And Mary got it. She got it. She got planted in the right spot. And um, we need to get planted. And then, and then we need to pray. I mean, get God involved. Get God involved in your decisions. Get God involved in your circumstances. Get God involved in your problems. Why? Because we need God involved in every area of our lives, not just when things go bad. So we need to, we need to pray. And then uh, we need to glorify God. We need to praise Him. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 20. Luke chapter 2. Brother, Brother Scott said, one bad thing about your eyesight, you can't see the clock. I didn't pay attention to that clock before anyways, and even when I could see it. But uh, I just want to share this really, really, I just want to kind of conclude what we're talking about and how all these things work together. God always, work thing, always works things together. Luke chapter 2 and verse 20, the scripture talks about the shepherds. What did they do? They glorified and they praised the Lord. They went glorifying and praising the Lord. It's got to be a priority. Sometimes, has this ever happened to you? Hey, have you ever got your priorities out of whack? You really, uh, it's not hard to do, by the way. You get so busy doing other things that you forget. What? Have you ever stopped to think? This is a good time to do that, by the way, with the coming of the new year. You ever stop to think why you go to church? Well, because I'm supposed to, preacher. Yeah, but why do you come to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do, you, why do we do the things that we do? Why do we go to work? Why do we you ever, you ever stop to think? We don't stop to think about those things because, because life is, is such a hurry. Everything is so, so fast. And um, we sometimes get ahead of ourselves. And then we get to the place where we think to ourselves, wow, what? It's like Matt was talking about his grandma teaching Sunday school 50 plus years. And you think to yourself, hold on a second. I mean, I just had my birthday, so I'm, I'm just 51. So she's taught Sunday school probably longer than I've been alive. And you think to yourself, how in the world? But I can tell you, it just seems like yesterday I was in my 20s. I mean, it really does. And time just goes by so fast. And sometimes it goes by so fast that you don't prioritize the things that are important. And you say yes, and you say yes, and you're not saying yes to bad things always, but sometimes you're not saying yes to the best things. And uh, so we need to rearrange uh, our lives and realize in 2024 that glorifying and praising God needs to be at the top of the list. That's, that's why we're here, is to glorify and praise God. Uh, three areas we need to glorify and praise God. Number one, in our hearts. We need to glorify and praise God in our hearts. Psalm 86 and 12, the Bible says, I will praise thee, 
O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify uh, thy name forevermore. I will glorify thy name forevermore. I will praise thee with my heart. Do you realize when you praise God with your heart? I mean, your heart is what? Your heart is who you are. In your core, to your core, who you are. You can fool everybody, but you can't fool God. Because everybody else looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So God knows who you really are. And so when God's talking about the heart, he's talking about your core. And when you praise God and glorify God with your core, with your heart, with who you are, guess what? It becomes evident in your life. The people that are looking on the outward appearance, they can see. They can tell there's a difference. They can tell that you're a Christian. They can tell that you love God. They can tell without you even speaking the words. They can tell it because it can show on your countenance. It can show with your words. It can show with your actions. Be careful what you say. You ever ever thought about that? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the bun- that's, that's who we are in our core. And so we've got to praise God in the heart. Number two, we need to praise God in the home. Listen to me, church. In America, we need to take back the home. The home is struggling. I mean, there is all that... The home has been redefined in our country. It's been redefined. I mean, you've got marriage that's been redefined. Matter of fact, you're becoming a minority if you stand up for traditional marriage. If you believe a marriage is between one man and one woman for life, in God's sight, you're you're a hate monger. And you're a bigot, and you don't love people, because marriage, listen, it could be between a man and a man. It could be between a woman and a woman. It can be between one man and three women. It could be good night in heaven. It could be between a, a man and a dog anymore. It's absolutely mind-boggling what's being accepted today. People, listen, we're living in a world where people don't know if they're men or women or animals. Talk about blowing your mind. Just rewind. Rewind back to when you're a kid. Can you imagine? I mean, grandparents are rolling over in their graves, right? Thinking about uh, our, can you imagine our forefathers? Can you imagine the people that have died for our country, that have died for the Lord, looking at where we are today? It's absolutely mind-boggling. And one of the places that we've lost is in the home. It's in the home. We need to win back. We need to get back uh, to the home. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse number 53. This is, a, this is an amazing story. I don't have time to go into the story, but Jesus is here in Galilee, and, 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 and you know the story. The nobleman meets him, and uh, this nobleman has a son. His son's in Capernaum, and his son is sick unto death. And so he asked Jesus to come by uh, and uh, Capernaum and heal his son. 
And what does Jesus do? Does he go by Capernaum? No. What does he do? He says, listen, just go on home, your son liveth. And the guy believed, the man believed, the nobleman believed, and he went on his way, right? He went on his way home, and one of his servants uh, met him as he was going uh, on his way home and, and said, your son liveth. Look, that's where we are in verse 53, John chapter number 4. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth, and himself believed, watch this, and what? His whole house. Why aren't we affecting our household anymore? I tell you why we're not affecting our household anymore, because our household is in disarray. I mean, it is falling to pieces. I mean, it is scattered all over the place. Everybody in the home is doing that which is right in their own eyes. You want to know who's ruling the home? Just go out to a grocery store. We were out yesterday, and um, we were in a store, and... As soon as I came in the store, this kid was screaming bloody murder. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying my kids never scream bloody murder, but I promise you, they stopped pretty quick. We went to the bathroom or we went outside or whatever it was, it stopped. This woman just stood there looking at him, and this kid was screaming, pick me up. I'm not talking about a little child. I'm talking about a, 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 an older child and screaming bloody murder. And she picked, she picked the child up. And of course, I'm a observer of people. I wish it was an Olympic sport, people watching. I would be gold medal every time. I just love watching the behavior of people. And she picks him up. Well, this kid screams bloody murder that they want to be put down. And she puts him down. And this kid screams that it wants a candy bar. And she buys him a candy bar. And this kid screams. I said, I said, babe, I'm just going to go over there and help this lady out real quick. I didn't, obviously. And we walked literally to the other end of a very large store and could hear this kid screaming bloody murder. And the woman's like, well, you're not bothering me none. You're bothering everybody else in the store. We're not, we're not ruling our households. We're not having our households in order. We're not having our, our, our houses where God expects them to be. And uh, we certainly aren't running our households like a Christian household. You ever heard of Stephanus? There's not much said in the Bible about Stephanus. But the Bible says, one thing that says about, now listen, if nothing is ever said about me except for this, I'm okay with that. You know, what, you know what the house of Stephanus did? They addicted themselves to the ministry. They addicted themselves to the ministry. It was the desire. It was their, you know what addiction is, right? You have to have it. And boy, it was something that was not just in their hearts, but it was in their homes. Let me give you the last one. Not only in our hearts and our homes, but in the house of God. We need to be praising and glorifying God in the house of God. At church. Church isn't the place to come and fight and bicker and grumble. Church is a place to come to glorify God, to praise God, to worship God. 
to serve God. It is where God has called us to be and commands us to be so that we might worship him corporately. See, this is, the, this is the big thing that is said today. You know what? I can worship God at home. You're right. You know, you can worship God in the car. You can worship God at your workplace. You can worship God at your school. You can worship God everywhere you go. But God has given us the church. He's given us this church, this ecclesia, this called out assembly so that we can gather together corporately, not just me, not just my family, but corporately together in praise and worship God. When I see you, I ought to, it, ought to bring a, it ought to bring a smile to my face. When I see members of Rinkin Baptist Temple, they ought not be people that I'm trying to avoid. It ought to be people that I want to worship the Lord together. It ought to be people I want to praise God together. And I'm not saying that we don't point out things that are wrong. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying we live pie in the sky. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that's not where we should focus. Where we should focus is glorifying God. Let me tell you why I'm here. You know why I'm at Rinkin Baptist Temple? Well, number one, God called me here. Okay? So I believe in the will of God, and I believe it's God's will uh, that I be here, and I'm going to be here until it's no longer God's will. So I, I believe that I believe in that strongly. But I'm tell you why I come to Rinkin Baptist Temple. I come to Rinkin Baptist Temple to glorify and to praise the name of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I can do that at home, yes. But boy, what a joy it is! Even though, brother Matt, I can't sing. I still sing. I mean, I sing. If you don't want to hear, I'm not singing for you. I'm not singing to impress you. Matter of fact, let me go a step further. I believe God has called me to preach. I believe God has called me into this pulpit ministry. But I don't preach for you. I preach for the Lord. That's who I preach for. That's who influences my preaching. I don't know how many times I've had people come up to me and say to me, oh, I, I guess that message was, was directly for me. No. No. Let me tell you something about Pastor Joe. He doesn't do that. I don't have a counseling session or speak to somebody and then use that in the pulpit. Matter of fact, when I have a counseling session, just in case you ever want to know, when I have a counseling session, I generally have my message prepared far before I have that counseling session. So you know why you feel that way? Because the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. And this is, should be an environment where we are open for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to correct us, uh, to guide us, uh, to edify us, uh, to encourage us, uh, to whatever we need in our lives uh, so that we might praise and glorify His name. 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Do you know God's people? You know, baby Christians and lost people have an excuse. God's people have no excuse. We ought to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. When people come to my house, my, my family, 
doesn't come very often. Number one, they're all the way up north. But number two, when you come to my house, there's no smoking. There's no drinking. There's no, you know, there's no cursing. There's no, none of these things. Why? Because uh, this is how we behave in our household. I tell, I tell the young people all the time. I, I, I've, I've told you this a hundred times. I, 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 don't, I don't generally get changed into my night clothes until like midnight. Why? Because I never know who's going to walk through our door. I mean, and they just show up and there are some, they don't even knock anymore. They just psh, open up the door. I'm like, you better be careful. You're liable to get shot. I mean, just, just walking through somebody's door, and we just joke about that all the time. But uh, they're always welcome to come in. But let me tell you something. There's some protocol in my house. When our kids were younger and they had people, we always were the parents that people could sleep over at our house, but they could never sleep over at their house. We just That's just who we were. And uh, our kids still deride us for that today. But anyways, um, when they came over to our house, you know, phones, cell phones were a popular thing. Well, God, I don't care if you're my kid or not. When you go to bed, your cell phone goes plugged in in the kitchen before you go to bed. Are you serious? Does it look like I'm serious? And guess what? They plugged it in because they knew that this is the rules. Now, listen, we, as God's people, ought to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. Think about this. We are here. 2024 is coming. It's tomorrow. And we are here to praise and serve the living God. Let Jesus be the focus of your 2024. If you allow Jesus to be your focus of the 2024, I'm not telling you that you're not going to have problems. If a preacher tells you that, just turn your, turn your hearing aid off. Don't, don't listen to him because he's either delusional or he's a liar because we're going to have problems. We're going to have tribulations. We're going to have bumps in the road. We're going to have mountains and valleys, and we're going to have all these things that are going to happen in our lives. They're a very real part of our life. But when you make Jesus the focus, when you're planted in the right place, you're planted at the feet of Jesus, when you're prayed up, not just during a problem, but before a problem and after a problem, and you praise and honor the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. Things will be better. Things will be better. I'm not saying your problems will go away. I'm just telling you things will be better as we get closer and closer to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a blessing that is. God bless you. Thank you for being here. I'm going to ask, uh, um, I'm going to ask you to do this. If some of you want to come uh, forward and sit on the front or, or come to the altar or just sit right there at your pew, uh, I, I'm going to ask uh, uh, a couple people, uh, if they would, uh, to pray. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Brother Guy. Uh, Brother Guy, if you, would, uh, if you would pray. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Brother Don. Brother Don, you're here, right? Yeah, okay. Um, I thought I saw you, but um, if I'm going to ask Brother Don uh, to pray, and then I'm going to close us uh, uh, in a word of prayer. But let's just pray for a, for a, for a good, profitable 2024. Now, I don't mean profitable that you make a lot of money. I'm not talking about that kind of profit. So that's not a bad thing, right? Uh, but, you know, profitable spiritually that God would get us 
If you want to, if you want to think about those, if you want to take something away from tonight, take away those things. Get planted, get to praying, and get to praising the Lord. And when you do those things, man, I'm telling you, it's going to help you in your everyday life. I'm going to ask Brother Guy if he'll start us off, if he'll go ahead and pray. If you want to come, you can. If you want to just sit where you are at your seats, you can do that as well. And then after uh, Brother Guy is finished uh, praying, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Don if he'll continue, and then uh, I will close us uh, this more, or this evening uh, in a word of prayer. All right, Brother Guy.